This is the best interview I ever had. And I'm Mark Rako. Thanks for listening. I've been sharing a few special moments from some of the amazing interviews I've been privileged to have over the last 10 years. Here's one of them. She's known as the good Kardashian. To know Angie Kardashian is to love her, to appreciate her, and to admire her. And frankly, she's earned it. She was in the very wing of the Pentagon that was destroyed in 9-11 just a month earlier, being honored for her community support of the Marine Corps. And she was in the Twin Towers days afterwards. And then the 9-11 tragedy. Angie was so determined to do something to help. She sold her successful restaurant of 22 years, flew across the country to New York City, and spent the next two years cooking meals, feeding, and entertaining thousands of firefighters in over a hundred New York firehouses, almost entirely at her own expense. And when she did run out of money, she went got a job so she could be there for those first responders. When she finally went home, she became a flight attendant, one of the most popular in JetBlue's fleet, with more than 10,000 personal contacts. That is her magnetic quality. And after all of that selflessness and sacrifices of career and fortune, her one goal, if money was no object, well, it probably will surprise you. Her commitment to helping others brought her to tears, and her extraordinary story might just bring you there too. All right, Angie, 9-11 rolls around. What a tough day. You were in California, and then you found yourself in New York. How did that happen? When President Clinton closed the uh, Marine bases, the commandant of the Marine Corps uh, gave me a medal, and it's called the Meritorious Public Service Medal. It's the highest medal that you can get as a civilian. And so 34 days before 9-11, I was in the Pentagon in the Marine Navy wing where the plane went in. I left there, and I decided since I'm on the East Coast, I might as well go to New York for vacation. Went to New York, went into the observation deck at the World Trade Center Tower. I have the ticket framed here in my home. And I had never gone up there before, and I decided this time I would. I paid the $15 or whatever it was and, and took pictures and went up in that tower. Left that tower, went into the other tower, and had lunch. So I 30-some-odd days before 9-11, I was in all three of those buildings. So when 9-11 happened, I felt... Like, it could have been any one of those days. I, you know, it could have been the day I was in the Pentagon. It could have been the day that I was in either one of the two towers. And it just felt very, very, very close to home. And so I had an epiphany, and I decided that I was going to sell my restaurant after 22 years to go to New York to, and cook for firemen. So I, I put the restaurant up for sale, and I sold it in six weeks. And that right there told me that I had made the right decision because it was a very difficult decision to, to sell my restaurant. It was really my life, my baby. Yeah, I never got married, never had kids. And in uh, 22 years of my life was, was pretty much that restaurant. And I was really, really involved in the community. And um, it was a tough decision. But I sold it in six weeks. 
And then on Thanksgiving Day, a day in my life when I had cooked for Marines for 22 years, I decided to fly to New York. Um, it was Thanksgiving Day 2001, right after 9-11. I decided to fly to New York. I have a cousin that lived in the Upper West Side, and I went and slept at her house, and I said to her, okay, where's the closest firehouse? And um, he told me uh, it was on 100th Street. And so I went in, the, I went there, I took my menu, my business card, and I had had our police chief, our fire chief, a couple of lawyers from our community, and a, a couple of the colonels and a couple of the generals at this point, because I had gotten to know a few of them too, write letters in my behalf saying that I wasn't crazy and that I'm not some crazy woman that coming into your firehouse, but I wanted them to know that I wasn't there to try to come and bomb them or whatever and so i knocked on the first door and i said you know my name is angie i want to come cook for you here's letters telling you a little bit about my background and i'd like to come cook for you guys and so they were very sweet and said yes okay and then i said okay where should i go next and that happened five times and i got five firehouses at five names and spoke to five firehouses and um did that same routine and told all of them that I had to come back to California, close my restaurant, or, you know, close the escrow in my restaurant, and that I would be back in a few months to cook for them. Because I, I, I needed to do that first, because I wasn't really sure when I got to California if they would even let me uh, go into the firehouses and cook. Because I cooked right in the firehouses, not, not at ground zero. And I wasn't sure they would let me do that. So, um, so I went first on Thanksgiving and got that all squared away and then came back to California and closed the escrow on my restaurant and went back several months later. Gosh, that's extraordinary. Why did they let you do this? You were cooking for thousands of firefighters, 103 firehouses. How did you fund that? Well, you probably know that the firehouses, usually they cook their own food. Usually there's a couple of guys that go out and all the guys throw money on the table, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, and, and then they've got a couple of guys that are in charge and they go into the grocery stores and they buy their food, bring it back and, and cook it. And all the guys pitch in, the ones that know how to cook, do the main cooking and the other ones kind of pitch in and chop onions or, or do whatever. And so me coming in there, of course, you know, I'm a chef and had a restaurant for 22 years. So, um, it was just, it was a night off for them. It was um, where they didn't have to think about what are we cooking tonight. They didn't have to buy anything. They didn't have to throw that money on the table. Um, it was just a night off. Just all you have to do is walk into the room, sit down on the table. Everything will be ready for you. And um, that's how I presented it. And, and you know, and they all, they all said yes. So um, it was just a, a special night for them. And I brought tablecloths and candles and and um you know made it real special and you know nice uh, nice salt and pepper shakers crystal and made everything really nice uh so it was just a different a different way of eating for them just for one night you, know, you were such an important piece of this moment in history and most people they don't know about this you, you cooked for thousands of firefighters over a hundred firehouses you you brought light during that time yeah right right and i i matter of fact as you say that i'm i'm in my room i'm in my office in my home right now and um 
I have cathedral ceilings in this particular room, and one side of the wall is all my Marine Corps, my Marine Corps medal. All, all every time I did something for the Marine Corps, they would uh, give me something. They gave me a K bar, and it says Angie, you're a cut above, and um, the medal is framed uh, with a, a flag that they flew over the Marine Bay. It's a shadow box and that painting on the wall and, and several other uh, pieces of uh, memorabilia. They put me up in the Goodyear blimp a couple of times because the blimp hangers are on the Tustin Marine Base. And every time it would come there for repair, they would call me and say, come on, Angie, let's go for a ride. So I got pictures of me in the blimp. So lots of things on one wall. The other wall is um, my fireman wall. It's painted red and it's got all my memorabilia from uh, from the fire department. But because you said what you just said, I got an official thank you letter from the fire department and um, I'll just read part of it. It says, thank you for your generosity, dedication, hard work and thoughtfulness. The music candles tablecloth went to the ambiance and your spirit and kindness to a very pleasant atmosphere. Please extend our thanks to the members of your church and the wonderful CDs. My my church, which is Saddleback Rick Warren, um, Saddleback Church, um, donated hundreds, probably thousands of CDs. It was called One Nation Under God um, CDs, and I gave one to every fireman that I cooked for. Um, but anyway, uh, for the wonderful CDs and for prayers, which helped sustain us during some very trying times, also please thank oh your friend's daughter for patriotic towel uh, there's a, t- a patriotic towel that she bought and monogrammed it um with my name on it and i gave one to every firehouse that i cooked for um so that was my official thank you letter from uh the fire department but also the honor legion of the fire department in new york sent me a letter it says thank you for the great dinner the other night especially the fun we all had singing together singing together I haven't seen the men enjoy themselves at the dinner table like that for a long time. We surely appreciated it. Um, so that meant so much to me that, you know, all the fun we had singing together because they were in such a dark period and just being able to, you know, get them to smile and maybe laugh a little bit and have a little bit of, of fun during that dark time, you know, just meant the world to me. Um, I imagine it was very special in in a very dark time for them, right? I, I uh, One thing I should mention, in my restaurant, I used to do a little singing and dancing comedy thing, and I would make people sing Amore and Mac the Knife, and we'd get up and do the hokey pokey and um, stuff like that. Well, I have a CD with a bunch of different songs on it, and I would bring that CD with me, and I would play it as background music while I was cooking. And I had the words printed out to Amore, which I used to pass out in my restaurant. And so when I was cooking at, that night for the guys, I would pass out those song sheets. And after, before I let them eat the food, I would tell them, okay, I cook for you. Now you have to sing for me. And so they would all grab the song sheets and they would sing. And I have video of probably, I don't know, 20 of the firehouses that would you would be cracking up to see these big burly guys, you know, standing up and singing, you know, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's the Lord, eh? And they're all singing, and it's just a riot, and it just made my heart smile to see them enjoying themselves. But at some point, you did stop. So so how did you know it was time to stop to, to move on? When I ran out of money. <laughs> oh, my. 
<laughs> well, I, I used the profit from the sale of my restaurant and then I refinanced my house twice. I was fortunate enough to buy uh, a, a fairly nice house in California, but when the market was way down and then the market went way up. And so I had a lot of equity in my house. So um, I was, I was able to pull out in the seven figures. And to add to that, I also had um, some of my friends here in California um, donated. Uh, I probably had about $15,000 in uh, donations from uh, my friends, you know, $100 here, $100 there. Um, so I, I did have about $15,000, but I would say altogether that project probably cost me mm, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars to do it. Oh my gosh. Just extraordinary. Just so, so after all of this, what in the world was next? Well, next was, um, to come back to my house. And, uh, I, by the way, I had, when I moved to, to New York or temporarily, I had, uh, some people from my church move into my house to help me with my house payment here because I, you know, I, I didn't have a job, so I didn't have an income coming in. So um, I had some people renting my house for me. So uh, when I came back, you know, I came back into my house and again, didn't have a job. So I, I started my job search and needed to. Actually, I worked at, at the Olive Garden in Times Square. I worked there for about six months towards the end of my two years of being in New York uh, just to make money so that I could continue um, doing my what I call my cooking ministry. I worked uh, at the Olive Garden for uh, yeah about six six eight months to to get to get some more money to do what I did because let's face it you know living in New York is not cheap and so um, and initially when I first was coming to New York someone had told me to live at um, the YWCA was about thirty five dollars a night and I thought well that's great I can do that thirty five dollars a night blah 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 well when I got there I found out that it was um, it was $75 a night. So for $75 a night, I figured I could just rent an apartment, you know, rather than, rather than stay at the Y, I can get some kind of a, some kind of a little studio or something. So that's what I ended up doing. And I, I moved 13 times in two years, moving around because I was picking up sublet from different people. And, you know, then that person would come back and I'd have to go someplace else. And then they would come back and, couple of times I lived for about three or four months in one place, but, uh, but I, but I moved 13 times anyway. And then I worked at the Olive Garden and it just got, I, I just needed to get home. You know, I'd been gone here from here for two years and needed to get back to my house and, and, you know, try to, because I had my restaurant for 22 years and now here I am. I have no job. I have no income, nothing coming in. I've refinanced my house a couple of times used part of one of my annuities, spent all my money from, from selling my restaurant. So I, you know, I, I needed to come back and start a life. So that was my goal. That's what I did. May of uh, 2004, I came back to California and started looking for a job. How did you end up becoming a flight attendant? Well, <laughs> I, I still get invited to military events. And I was invited to a military event and uh, walked in, saw this fellow that I knew that was in the Marine Corps and, hi, how are you? You know, and um, his name is Scott Ferrando. He's a very good friend of mine. And I said, hey, what are you doing now? And he said, well, I'm retired from the Marine Corps. 
And he said, I'm a, I'm a pilot for JetBlue. I said, really? And he looked at me and he pointed his finger in my face and he said, Angie, you should do this. You'd be really good at it. And I said, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and um, about a week later, I ran into a girlfriend who's a flight attendant for American. And she looked at me and she said, Angie, you would be such a good flight attendant. And she pointed her finger. She pointed her finger in my face, just like Scott did. And she said, and JetBlue is hiring. So I felt that like that was a sign from heaven. And I went on the internet that night and I applied online and they called me and hired me in three days. And that's how I became a flight attendant. And, um, and then I make friends on the airplanes and I keep relationships going and and uh, I have 10,000 people in my personal um, database. Boy, that really says something. I mean, that's, that's 10,000 people you're going to see in heaven, no doubt. You help a lot of people. What, what's satisfying to you? What, what brings happiness to you, Angie? Oh, satisfying to me is, is, is having this interview with you. Satisfying to me is, is um, you know, Still being friends with so many of the firemen that that I I met, and um, one of the reasons why I went to New York, it, it, to me it was it was um, uh, a Christian thing for, for me to do. And to all the guys that I that I spoke about the Word and, and God, and and I got some guys to be believers, and and guys that wrote me notes that said, you know, you've changed my life. Um, the Marines, I mean, I still, still to this day have Marines that call me and tell me what a difference I made in their life and telling me that on Thanksgiving day, if they didn't come into my restaurant. Oh, it's okay, Angie. Sorry. I mean, this means a lot to you. If they didn't come to my restaurant and eat, that they wouldn't have had a meal that day. So that's where I get... That's where I get my fuel for my life from all of the people around me and all the people that I'm able to help and nurture and, and befriend and just keep in contact with. You know, one thing I, I've noticed about you, Angie, is you, you really try to keep memories and stories alive. How are you doing that? I mean, how are you making sure the memories are, are remembered? Right. Well, one of, uh, you know, I, I actually um, have a PowerPoint presentation that I do, and I travel all over the United States and um, tell my story. And, and yes, it is a 9-11 story, but it's also a story about my life, um, trying to get people to pay it forward. And um, one of, and my, my final slide in my PowerPoint presentation says that I promised the firemen that I would never let people forget what happened on 9-11 and that is a goal in my life today and um so i i've, I've printed up a, a flyer and pamphlet that i give out uh, you know even on the airplanes you know you start talking to people and they ask oh what did you do before this and and so you get in the conversation but i um i pass out my flyer and i get as many people as i can to uh call me to go and speak to women's groups, men's groups, rotaries, you know, huge corporations, whatever. Uh, it's sort of a mo motivational speech to, um, you know, for people to give back to the world. And I, I'm not asking people to, you know, give up their business and, and sell their business and go to New York 3,000 miles away and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's not what I'm saying. But 
I, I, I just say to them, you know, help somebody in your church, hold the door open for somebody in the grocery store. You know, somebody drops something, help them pick it up. But you see a lady, you know, screaming at her child in the grocery store and you realize she's having a tough day. Walk over and just put your hand on her and try to try to calm her down and help her with her child for a minute. Just little, if, if everybody did one little thing every day to somebody else that they don't know or even they do know, this world would be such a better place. It would be such a better place. And, and, and the more I do things, the more I see things around me that other people are doing. So it's working. People don't want to hear about 9-11 anymore. You know, they don't want to hear that stuff. I don't think your story is about 9-11 anymore. It's about being uh, selfless, doing something for the, for the good of many. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but I, sometimes I, I just feel like not everybody agrees with with that, you know. Um, but and when I when I start my presentation out, that's that's always what I say. That, you know, yes, this is a story about nine eleven, but it it's more of a story about me and my life and and you know what I gave up to go give back. Angie, do you have any uh, long term goals you want to? accomplish something tangible or specific actually actually one of my one of my dreams was to get a motorhome big a big motorhome and take all my stuff and maybe not all but most of my stuff in my room and make like a little traveling museum and drive around the united states and go to some of the smaller towns you know some of the states where people don't really know what happened. People don't really know all the little stories that I know about, about the fireman who, uh, who was walking into a building and a chief called him back and, and he came back and the, and the chief walked in and they found the chief decapitated in a running position and saved that guy's life because that would have been him. You know, they don't, they don't know all those stories. And I have hundreds of those that I tell, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my presentation. So I, I've always wanted to, to kind of take the show on the road, so to speak, but that, and, and being a flight attendant, you know, it'd be pretty easy for me to do that because I could drive the motorhome somewhere, do a couple of presentations, fly home, do my work, whatever I had to do, and then, and then go back to uh, the motorhome and continue on. But again, you know, that's financially, you know, it, I could never, I could never afford to do that, but all you need is one person to listen. Yeah. To pay it forward. And, and, and a person to say, I'll help you, Angie, to make it happen. Someone like you just, just one. That's true. That's very, very true. I'll be back soon with another memorable interview moment. Please be sure and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your best podcasts. Don't miss a moment. And you can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Best Interview Pod and Twitter, or X at Listen Subscribe. Thank you for joining me and see you soon.